Welcome to worship this day. I invite you to turn to the front inside cover of your worship bulletin and we begin by remembering our baptism and and returning to the font of grace. So please stand. When we keep our fears and faults locked up inside, it is hard to be healed and receive new life. So let us open ourselves to God in confession, trusting the Lord's desire to give us peace. God of the empty tomb and our empty hearts, when we are afraid to speak our faith in the world, forgive us and help us to find our voice. When we are afraid to forgive and to love again, forgive us and give us the power to forgive. When we are afraid to stand up to misguided authority, join with the weak to make us all strong. When we are confined by our hurts, Touch us with your wounded hands and set us free. When we are locked behind our doubts and fears, pass through our barricades, open our hearts, and give us peace. Amen. Christ comes with healing light into our locked places and shadowy hurts, resurrecting our spirits and breathing into us new life. You are forgiven. Go to bring peace, forgiveness, and new life to the world in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. pray. Mysterious and divine presence, too often our hearts burn within us because our bodies know before our minds that you are here working in us and through us in this world. Open our eyes and help us to recognize you in all places and in all people for the sake of the one whose presence is never far, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I invite our young people and children forward for our kids' message. You can come on up. You can just stay standing because we're going to do something today. All right. Come on up. Okay. A couple weeks ago, some of us went down to Hoquiam, and um, Pastor Michelle did a children's sermon, so I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Sometimes pastors borrow things from other pastors. So that's what I'm going to do now, okay? <laughs> so everybody up here needs to hold hands. Because what we're going to be learning today, <laughs> yeah, on, I know, it's hard, it's hard. Can you hold my hand or would you rather hold your brother's? Let's see, okay, that's all right, you can just have your sister hold you. All right, we're going to make a circle here. And I want you to tell me how this is like the church, this circle here. Are we like the church at all, would you say, anyone? No? <laughs> We don't have a roof, no, but is the church a building or is it people? It's people, that is right. That's kind of confusing. Now, if I wanted to see Jesus in this circle, where would I look? Up? Hmm, well, that's an idea. Guess what? I'm looking at Jesus right now. What? <laughs> We are Jesus for each other. We are his body, the church. And that's one thing. We join hands as a church. We're all together, and we are Jesus for each other. We help each other see Jesus. Okay, now we're going to do something crazy. We're going to turn around and hold hands. 
All right, are we still the church? No. No. <laughs> we can't see each other anymore, can we? But where's Jesus? Is he still somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, where? Inside you, how about out there and all those people? Can you see those people? Some of you in the back can't. Maybe you can see Jesus on that table there, the altar and the bread and wine. Can you see Jesus there? <laughs> yeah, maybe. How about in all these people out in church? This is another way we're the church too. When we hold hands and we turn and we look out and we see Jesus everywhere, that we're all part of his body. So this is something we're going to think about today. You can turn back around. Because we're going to learn about a couple of disciples who took a walk, and they thought they were getting away from Jesus, but he found them, and he taught them what it means to be the church. So let's say a prayer, okay? We'll repeat. Dear God, thank you for being everywhere. In me, in the church, in the world. Help me to see you. Help me to see you. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you.
to the gospel, I invite you to stand. I am going to throw you for another loop. It's not printed out. It's in pictures on the front of the bulletin. So as you hear the gospel today, you might want to just look at the pictures. Let us sing. Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Amos, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know of the, th know of the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And now our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets that, that all the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? 
That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. There is a lot of research going on right now, Brene Brown and other researchers at the University of Chicago that has to do with what many are calling a crisis of loneliness in our culture. More and more people all the time say they are lonely. It's manifesting itself by us being more medicated, more distant, more disconnected from one another than maybe ever before. It's a problem because research shows that we are neurobiologically hardwired to find ways to belong to each other. It's what sets us apart from other creatures. We can band together, form groups for a purpose like betterment or protection. Part of what makes us human is our need to belong to each other and to something bigger than ourselves. We're so hardwired to belong, in fact, that we'll sacrifice ourselves in the name of belonging. And this, too, causes us so much loneliness. I'm wondering if any of you have ever gone to a party or another social situation, maybe even come here, talked to people, and if people looked at you, they would have thought you were having a good time and doing well, but when you got home, you realized that wasn't me at all. There isn't much of a lonelier feeling than that. Being in a crowd where no one knows you. You don't feel you can tell people what you really think, what you really feel, who you really are for fear they'll leave because they don't like it. I'm wondering if that's what Cleopas and his friend were experiencing when they were walking down the road. They're leaving Jerusalem and the rest of the disciples. They had heard Jesus wasn't in the tomb when the women went there Easter morning, but they just don't believe it, so they're going home. A man joins them, and they say what are some of the most desperate, sad, lonely, and true words of the whole Bible. Jesus had done all these things, but we had hoped he would be the one who would redeem us. They had put everything into this Jesus. They'd followed him for three years. They hoped he would be the one to redeem Israel, to defeat Rome, to bring peace, but he had just died. Yeah, maybe he was alive now, but Rome was still in charge and things didn't look any different from their end. Can you relate to that hopelessness? Things we have hoped for that didn't happen? We had hoped the cancer wouldn't return. We had hoped to be able to reconcile with our family. We had hoped. 
Their fear and their hopelessness had driven them away, but our deepest need as humans is to know we're connected to each other by something greater than ourselves. Did Cleopas and his friend feel like that connection was gone? Did they not feel they belonged anymore? We had hoped we'd found our group. We had hoped Jesus was a strong king. We had hoped for so many things. Well, the man who they don't yet know is Jesus walks and talks with them. He teaches them what the Bible says about the Messiah, that it won't be someone who's powerful and comes in and takes over. No, the true Messiah will be vulnerable. He will suffer, he will die, and then he will rise. Now get this about the crisis of loneliness in our culture. There is a seemingly absurd paradox that is totally true according to research, and that is that the way to not be lonely is to be able to be vulnerable with each other. But many, if not most all of us, have forgotten how to be vulnerable, I think. I remember when I first had kids, I was kind of amazed at the competitive mom culture. How fast can you potty train? How long can you breastfeed? How smart, strong, or athletic are your kids at 18 months? It wasn't until I found a mom's group where the moms admitted to each other how hard being a mom was, how tired we were, how our kids still weren't potty trained or they watched way too much TV or whatever it was we were worried about. When I finally found a group where I could be vulnerable, that's when I stopped being so lonely as a new mom. And yet, for most of us, this is the hardest thing. We're taught to be strong, not vulnerable, right? We can't imagine going to a party and not feeling we have to pretend we're someone we're not. We can't imagine being able to share our dashed hopes. We can't imagine being that vulnerable with each other. Well, Cleopas and his friend get home and they invite the man to stay. It was evening, the roads were dangerous, and being hospitable was a commandment for Jews, so they invited him to stay the night with them. And when he took bread, broke it, gave thanks, and gave it to them, their eyes were opened, and they saw it had been Jesus with them all along. A vulnerable Messiah walking with them? How did they not see it? When Brene Brown interviewed Navy SEALs, NFL players, and special forces about being brave, every single one of them said, there is no act of bravery that does not require you to be completely vulnerable. Let me say that again. There is no act of bravery that does not require you to be completely vulnerable vulnerable. But our problem is we get so stuck on either or. We think we have to be either brave or scared, tough or tender, full of grit or full of grace, but it is not an either or for anyone. It's a both and. 
We are both brave and afraid, tough and tender, gritty and graceful, saint and sinner, all at the same time, all the time. And I wonder if when Jesus broke the bread <clears throat> and that was how they knew him, if it was because that was when they could see his body was broken and alive, that he had suffered and conquered. They ran away because they were afraid, but they could still be brave. One of the reasons most scholars think Luke tells this story of the road to Emmaus is for people like us, the disciples of Jesus who would come years later, who wouldn't have seen Jesus, who wouldn't necessarily know where to look. And it's really cool because the way he tells the story exactly follows the outline of what happens in worship. Starting way back then and continuing now, and the story even happens on a Sunday. First, they're vulnerable. They confess. They share their dashed hopes and dreams. They're running away in fear, and then they hear the word. They hear stories from the Bible and what they mean for their lives. You're leaving because you're afraid? You think God came to be strong and kick butt? It's not about that. It's about being strong and vulnerable, blessed and broken. In fact, your God in the person of Jesus became vulnerable for you, and through that came your salvation. And then they share a meal and their eyes are opened. When we receive communion, it too is the high point of the service. In communion, it all comes together. When you come forward with everyone beside you, before you, behind you, and you hold out your hands and hear the word, this is Jesus and Jesus is for you. Remember how I said true belonging is the deeply held truth that we're connected to each other by something greater than us? That's what happens in communion. We're connected to Jesus when we receive his body and we're connected to each other as we become his body. Did you catch what Cleopas and his friend did after they saw Jesus and he disappeared? They ran back to Jerusalem. Even though it was still nighttime, still scary and the roads were still dangerous and they were still scared, now they were also brave. And they just had to share what they had seen. Just like our worship ends with you being sent out to your mission field. Even if you're still lonely or scared or kind of non-committal about it all. Another researcher in Germany has studied the places where people actually do find belonging. And one thing he studied is what he calls the voodoo magic of churches. I don't know if he understands it. But he says somehow belonging happens when we have collective experiences of joy and pain, when we hold hands with strangers and come together in shared emotion. Meeting in joy and pain, Brene Brown shared a couple stories about those. She says when Hurricane Harvey hit in Houston and all but four houses in her neighborhood were destroyed, there were 400 Cajuns from New Orleans who came up in their fishing boats to help rescue them. And she said, you know what? 
Not one person asked me who I voted for in 2016. <laughs> She says, if you walk through the world looking for confirmation that you don't belong, you will always find it. Here, there was just help being offered by others who knew that in crisis, we're all together and we're all the same. Isn't that what motivates us to help as a church as well? She also told a hilarious story about meeting others and joining together in joy. She said when the Astros were playing the Yankees to make it to the World Series and they were down to the last out and she was so nervous, she put her hand in her husband's back pocket and squeezed. And the man said, uh, are you looking for your husband because he's over there? <laughs> But he said, it's okay, we're all excited for the Astros. When Luke shows this vision of the church, it is a beautiful thing. It's people sharing their fear and their joy, their hopes and their hopelessness, and the voodoo magic that happens in church happens when we come together and say we need something bigger than ourselves to belong to. And we worship a God who was vulnerable for us so that we could be vulnerable with each other, even just a little bit. We have to be. It's how we were made to be. Okay, so those pictures you looked at on the front cover of your bulletin. I'm going to ask you to be just a little vulnerable with the person next to you. I want you to turn to each other and take just a minute or two. I'm not going to give you very long, but share which picture, which of those three resonated with you and why. So as you heard this story, this sermon, which of those three pictures was it that kind of resonated the most with you and why? Just for a minute or so, share with your neighbor. I'll give you about 30 seconds, wrap it up. <laughs> Maybe this will spark further thoughts and conversations and I thank you for doing that, truly. Because on that road 2,000 years ago, 
Jesus met two scared and hopeless people and taught them that they could be both scared and brave. He led them through worship and they came out on the other side closer to him and ready to share him with others. Let that be what happens today for you too. Blessed and broken children of God that we all are. In Jesus' name, amen.
invite you to turn over to page 12 as we now respond to the good news and the gospel and confess our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us now pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. We give thanks that you have sought us out by becoming truly human and vulnerable. Open our eyes to see you and encounter you in our vulnerability and in need. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Give direction, wisdom, and humility to all our leaders, our president, Congress, state, and local officials. Give them the ability to listen and work together for our common good. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for all those suffering and injured from the tornadoes in the Southern Plains. Continue to be with the first responders and those threatened by severe weather. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for those battling the drug cartels in Mexico and Central America, as well as in our own country. We pray for guidance as we face the crisis of drug addiction and its effects. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Almighty God, we pray that you enliven your church to more passionately and lovingly share the gospel. We pray for our church-wide Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, our synodical Bishop Rick Jake, and also our pastors today as we celebrate their ordinations. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord of all, pour out your Holy Spirit and empower us to be your instruments in connecting more people to Christ Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Bless all families with your grace and strength. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Gracious and loving God, we also pray for Jordan Miller, a newborn grandson of Craig and Cheryl, um, and we pray um, for continued healing. For Marilyn Running as she recovers from a stroke and surgery, for Webb as he deals with uh, kidney disease, for Sue Schultz, uh, son-in-law Zach as he undergoes tests with his heart, for Jan, Jan, for Jan Patterson, Greg's mom as she recuperates from a broken hip, for Norm Kunkel in hospice care, for Carol Holmes in poor health. We also pray for Juliet as she um, will be baptized in our late service. We pray and thanks for her and for her family. God, we pray for those facing cancer, Linda, Tim, Angela, Gary, Dave, Gail, Jim, Ron, Kathy, and Carol. For our deployed and military support and their families, for Rebecca, Patrick, Eric, Megan, Jared, Andrew, and David.
For all those on our continued prayer list, we bring before you and now others aloud or in the quiet of our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, as we come now to your table, we give thanks that you promise us that you are with us and you journey with us and that you come to us in the bread and wine of this meal. So we give thanks for your word this day and we pray all of this trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you all. Please share that peace with those around you. first. <laughs> um, all right, as a reminder to pass those friendship pads down the aisle, if you're a guest with us today, that's a great place for you to let us know that. We'd love to send you a thank you for worshiping with us. Uh, then a few um, other things to celebrate and announce today. God's Work Our Hands activities, our Sunday school kind of finishes up um, today, and we do so with a great celebration down in the gathering place, a lot of projects. This is an intergenerational thing. Please um, come down after the service today. Um, you can get your coffee and whatnot uh, in the social hall and then head over to the gathering place. It'll be a great day and a lot of great activities down there again for all ages. No class in the fellowship hall today. So that's important. Foundations class. I, I'm, I'm going to do a summer session and I'm, we're going to go back to doing it where I just do the presentation of content in the class. So there'll be six to seven um, get togethers. Uh, everything is online though. So if you miss one, if you can't be there, we can work that out. So that if you're interested in that, and I, this isn't just for folks newly coming to our community. This is a great chance for you to retool, strengthen your faith, 
faith. Martin Luther talked about always going back to the basics and never thinking you've got it figured out. So um, I encourage you to think about that if you're even interested in that. And then I'll work out what time. It may be after the late service. It may be during the week. We'll see. But if you're just interested, please indicate that on the ministry card. Um, text giving, that's there. Um, don't forget about that now. We've got that new opportunity for you. And then summer signups. Page two and three of the beacon, family camp, VBS, men's retreat, congregational picnic. Um, and by the way, we're always in need of help with that picnic for some reason. So um, step up, don't wait any longer to see if someone else will do it. Jump in um, to help out with that event. So all of those are in need of both your signups and um, your support of your time and abilities. And so please check those out. Livingstone Prison Ministry raffle tickets are on sale today. This supports our Lutheran congregation in the prison um, in Shelton. So um, those are available today in the Narthex. Finally, the last thing I want to say is that our summer worship schedule starts next week. So we're going to 8 and 10. That doesn't affect you 8 o'clockers, but um, we go to 8 and 10. There is no brunch next week, but I don't think, um, but in between the services. But then we'll start having brunches after that. But we move to 8 and 10 next week. That is my stuff. I think there's, I'll sit down. <laughs> okay. Well, good morning, all welcome. Well, we have some pretty special pastors in our congregation here that we're very, very thankful to have. And uh, today we're going to be celebrating the ordinations of the anniversaries, as was mentioned in the prayer. So, Pastor Jonathan with 15 years, Pastor Paul with 20, and Pastor Bill with 30. And the staff put together a little song to kind of celebrate that. And we'd love it if you'd all join us on the chorus. After we get done singing that, we will see President David Swaney will be up here making some presentations, and then Reverend Kathy Bowman will do a blessing.
Nation, first call, state of Washington. Pastor Paula Bethany, Bainbridge, Young Family, Corey, Eric, Ingrid, Carl, U.S. Navy, wife, Servant Trips, and Lamont's Game Nights, Seahawks, Luther Haven, Family Camp, Holy Yoga Book Club, Mom's Circle, SLC, Brené Brown, Retreat, VBS Curriculum, Kids for Christ, and Ladies Night,
pray. God of mercy and grace, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, the true Paschal Lamb, who gave himself to take away our sin who in dying has destroyed death and in rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, betrayed our Lord Jesus took bread gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me again after supper he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin do this in remembrance of me and we pray as our Lord has taught us our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the, the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to us in the breaking of this bread as you once revealed yourself to your disciples. The gifts of God are ready for the people of God.
please stand. May this, the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. A reminder that after worship today, um, we have our prayer team that will be up front. If you'd like an t- uh, individual prayer for anything in your life, maybe you're going on a trip, maybe you're um, worried about something, maybe you're celebrating something, whatever it might be, our prayer team will be here for you to pray with you. Um, so I encourage you to avail yourself of that opportunity. So be sent forth with this blessing and of course also with a tremendous thank you from your pastors for the celebration today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.